Hello and welcome to episode 18 of The Brand Lounge, where every Thursday we feature insightful brand stories to showcase the hundreds of ways that businesses are started, the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, and to reassure you that you are not building this on your own. I'm Tammy Heels, your host and founder of Shadowcat Creative, where I'm a personal brand and marketing consultant. And today I'm joined once again by the wonderful Sapphire Bates, who is the founder of the global platform The Coven, an online community for self-identifying female founders and freelancers. Welcome back to the show, Sapphire. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming back. I'm really excited today because Sapphire is going to be joining us to share her uh, business journey and her brand story with us around the coven and her other business that she had before the flower ranger and listeners if you didn't catch the last episode sapphire and i had a really good conversation about combating loneliness as an entrepreneur so be sure to check that out if you haven't already so starting at the beginning i guess is usually the best place so what inspired you to go into business on your own to start with sapphire um so for me it was a bit of a random one so i was um traveling at the time around thailand i was mainly staying in a tiny little village called pai and um i was basically starting to run out of money i'd quit my job to go um had a little bit of savings but really not not uh, it felt like a lot because a lot goes a long way in Thailand. Um, but that was coming to an end. And I still had things like, you know, car on finance at home, rent to pay and stuff like that. And I didn't really know what my next steps were. I That was kind of like my first taste of freedom. And I, I, I just know that I didn't particularly like the idea of going and finding another job and having a boss again um, and being restricted and not being able to travel when I want and stuff like that. Um, so I basically Skyped my mum a lot in um, various different internet cafes and was just trying to come up with what I was going to do, like what the options were, what my business was going to be, um, or if I was going to do a business, what it would be, or what my career was going to be, I should say. And basically, I kind of got to the point where I was like kind of choosing between two things. So I was either going to start a business, which wasn't really what I was particularly leaning towards, but my mum definitely was. Um because she thought it would really suit me or um, being uh, an art slash like English teacher in Chengdu where the pandas come from in China. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my mum just, I was like leaning towards China because I was like, yeah, I'll be able to go and explore somewhere else. She works like, I think like four weeks on, three weeks off or something like that. Um, and uh, my mum kind of like talked some sense into me and was like, you know, there's like not a whole lot in Chengdu apart from the pandas. Like, you know, you've got three weeks off. Yes, you've got to travel, but I don't know how much of China you'd really want to travel on your own and like all of this kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, no, maybe like that wouldn't have been my country of choice to backpack around by myself um, just because of the pure like language barrier. Yeah. Um, not being able to figure out much out. Um, and a lot of the paths not being as well like trodden in terms of, of backpackers and people traveling um so she kind of talked some sense into me like I, I think you'd be a bit bored where you're working and stuff like that um so I ended up yeah choosing to start a business and I started a florist because it was I trained as an apprentice florist before um and become qualified as a junior florist so I just that was the only thing that I really had any don't you start barking um <laughs> that was like literally the only um thing that I had like any experience in that I thought like that's a possibility um so yeah I started a florist that's really cool so when you were traveling was it 
were you looking at options that you could have so that you could start a business and still continue traveling where you were? Because you've gone from having that quite free roaming lifestyle and like that backpacker, digital nomad kind of sense. But then starting a florist is actually quite a, I mean, I don't know a huge amount about starting a floristry, but (laughs) it feels like it's quite a structured place where you need to be kind of based somewhere so yes definitely um but I didn't like I was really like still really young and I didn't like you know I wasn't I didn't have anything I could do that was like this was something I needed to start in the immediate future like I'm talking a couple of months like I didn't have like a year I didn't have any finances as backup Mm. um I wasn't I was very stubborn on the fact that I was not going to go and get another job like right then and there um so I, I, t- I think to me, like being a digital nomad and having something that meant I could travel, I, I was like, I, I can't do graphic design or art. Um, I'm not very techie. Like I don't, I can't build websites or code or do anything like that. And I didn't really feel like there was much other options. Like I, you know, hadn't really delved that far into the world of business. I didn't know that all these different kinds of jobs existed that I do now. Um, so for me, it was more a sense of freedom of being my own boss Mm. Um, and in my head I was like okay we are based somewhere but there's nothing to say I can't say I want the next four months off um, if that's what I want to do yeah absolutely that does make sense I love that um, that sheer determination where it's like I'm just not going to get another job that's not that's not what I want for myself because I feel like for any of the listeners out there who are on the fence and like I worked alongside a full-time job and it is brutal running the two side by side because you always feel slightly conflicted. I must be completely transparent though. I did then go and get a part. I okay. said, I, my business definitely didn't make enough money from the first day to support like rent, car, food, life. Um, so I had to, and that was something I realized pretty quick. But again, I went into this totally blind, like never run a business. Mm-hmm. know nothing about doing business just sent my mom off to find me a flower studio in Essex or a studio that I could use as a flower studio yeah uh, employed like commissioned someone to do some branding and like went for it mm-hmm. and then when I got back to the UK and started actually doing everything I realized like how long it was going to take me to actually build an audience on social media find clients I didn't have a portfolio or anything so I was literally starting from scratch I had nothing yeah. to prove myself um apart from my word so I really was trying like getting clients based purely on what I had to say and my, my promise that I could make them something really nice. Um, so yeah, I ended up for quite a long time. I worked loads of different jobs. I had like four part-time jobs. So I did cleaning from like, um, 5am, no, 4am to 6am. So I got up at like three, go and do that. Um, I worked in pubs. So the evening I'd work in a pub. I worked in a silver service restaurant on a Sunday, sometimes a Friday and Saturday night if the pub didn't need me. Um, And then I worked in a juice kitchen um, for 12 hours on a Monday and 12 hours on a Tuesday. Originally, when I first started, that was spread out. So sometimes I'd do six hours here, like five hours there, eight hours there. Um, And I think it was only after like five or six months that I convinced the owner to let me do the same amount of hours per week but on just two days to give me the rest of the days um so yeah I worked a lot yeah okay I'm gonna switch my question up then and say (laughs) um 
there's an awful lot that's out there where it's kind of hustle culture or don't work too hard, make sure you look after yourself. And I think that I always kind of fit somewhere in the middle where it's like, I appreciate that hard work needs to happen in order to build your business, Mm -hmm. but the intention behind it should be that it kind of facilitates the life that you want. Mm -hmm. When it comes to your approach to business, because you've gone from being extremely busy through multiple jobs to um, did you run the two businesses, the Coven and the Florist, at the same time? And now is it just the Coven, but you're starting potentially third, something yeah. new? Um, how do you manage kind of that balance? Do you still make sure that you take the time when you can? Or is it something that it's just the business is your focus for now? Not when I start a business, no. Um, I agree a business should not be your whole world forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think there comes a point in a business where if you're still, you know, if I've been running the coven for um, over two years now, on its way to two and a half, um, and then if you throw in like the nine months I worked on it before I made any money from it and before I officially launched, you know, I'm like over the three-year mark. Yeah. Um, if I was still at that point now and I was still having to work 17-hour days, not really sleep, not eat properly, um, cry all the time just from stress levels and things going wrong and not being able to balance that many things. Um, I don't think that I'd, I'd be happy with my business. Like I don't, I don't expect a business necessarily that far in to not facilitate you to take any time off, but it all really depends on what you're trying to do with your business. If I had decided, so at one point we were going to scale into Australia and that was going to be a huge, like monumental thing. And that would have meant more really long hours um, really late nights to accommodate like time differences and just the sheer amount of doing what I'm already doing, but twice, um, with like literally a part-time assistant and that's it. Um, then that would have been more of the same, but I was happy with the level that my business was at. And I decided that I was happy for it to grow more slowly to allow me to take more time off and have less stress. But that was a decision I had to actively make, um, But yeah, so it depends what you're after. If you want a job and part of what you want from a business is to have time off, then yes, I would expect by like, you know, two, three years, you might be at a point where you don't have to work weekends. Mm. I love that you are so open and so transparent about all of this as well, because I see it across your social channels and it's quite a different rhetoric because I do feel like there are trends obviously in social media and at the moment it seems to be either like I mentioned before it's either kind of that hustle culture particularly where we've just gone through Black Friday that was a hectic time um whereas on the other hand you have people that are encouraging you to only focus on mindset work and then the rest of it should just flow and I feel like there should be kind of somewhere in between When it came to making that choice in your business to grow more slowly, is there anything that you could share with the listeners who may also be battling with a choice similar in a similar situation where it's a choice between expanding that's going to mean a lot more time taken out of their hands or they are kind of weighing up whether they should continue to grow more slowly? Have you got any advice for anyone who is in that stage? I think it ultimately depends what you want from your business. You've got to drill down into um, what it is that you want. I was like, okay, well, expanding this, I'm just doing that. I'm doing this huge expansion for the money. Like, do I really need to make that much more money? Like, no. 
I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at. Um, and it's balancing, you know, what you want from it, what the results would be with what it's going to take to get there. I think we all have different tolerance levels for stress um, and for, for hard work, if I'm honest. Like we're, we're all wired very differently. One person can work really hard for two days and then they need to slow down and that's totally okay. Other people can do that for three months and they don't see much effect, um, like negative effects on their mental or physical health. They can push through that. I think we all have a barrier that we reach where this is like, no, this is how far I can push before I, I'm really affected by it. Um, and I do think, I don't want to be ageist, but I do think from my own experience that age makes a difference. When I was like a very early 20s, I could work um, really, really long times with very little sleep, um, not eat very well, not really take that good care of myself. The business was cared for. I was like second to that um, and not see that much effect from it. You know, I, I did that for, you know, I worked all of those jobs and that was hard. Like that wasn't easy. I didn't get any rest. I didn't take days off. Um, I didn't hang out. I didn't do anything. I just worked. Um, I would sleep a little bit, work, um, work, work, work. I probably couldn't, I don't know if I could do that again now. Um, I feel my threshold, I come up against my threshold, my barrier much more quickly the older I get. Um, and it's, yeah, making a conscious decision when I know that I'm coming close to it, how important it is to me. Like, do I really want to push through this? Like, is it worth it? Or do I want to extend the deadline and, and do things more slowly? Um, and I think also like what you want out of the business, like I stopped myself and I, I think part of it came from I'd already closed one business so to make big business decisions didn't feel as scary because I'd done it once before I'd done the biggest thing you could do to close a business um especially one that doesn't necessarily need closing like when you just make the decision to walk away from it um so I just had to like figure out in my head sorry that was not me that was my dog um figure out what what I wanted from it. Um, and I ultimately know that I, well, I'm already here now starting my third business. So I, I think in my head, part of me was like, well, I don't think this is something that I'm going to want to do forever. I really love it for now. It, it pays my bills. I couldn't pay my mortgage without it. It bought me a house. Like it's, you know, I'm really, really happy with it. I still love it right now, but I just know what my personality is like. I tire of things and I, and I get bored and I want to move on. Um, and I was like, I'm no doubt I'm going to have other business ideas that I want to do. I still want to go and get my psychology degree at some point um, and finish doing all of that kind of stuff. And yeah, there's like all different careers I see in my head over my lifetime. Like I don't see my one business that I'm in at the moment as a forever thing. Um, so it's, yeah, but I, it's being, I'm very clear on that. So now I say, okay, do I really want to start this really intensive long-term gain thing right now? Or do I want to just slowly improve what I'm doing and slowly increase our profits, our turnover? Oh, I think that that's a really, really important point is that it's such an individual thing. Like running a business is such a personal thing. And it, I do think that it's so linked to the individual and the way that they choose to run their business. And what you said about the energy levels and the boundaries, like I feel like my boundaries are getting upheld better the older that I get. But like you said, I hit that kind of energy slump a lot sooner. Um, and I think that 
there will be other people out there who can relate to that. So it's just, yeah, find find where you're comfortable and remember that it's okay to be a little bit uncomfortable with it, but just find where your limits are and kind of work to those. Yeah, you'll sort of definitely find it. Like I definitely almost had a breakdown this year. Um, and I think that was like the closest that I've come um, to like real kind of like mental damage from stress and the amount of pressure I put on myself and the amount of work I take on and it was like almost really unexpected um because if I compare that with how much uh yes unexpected in some ways physically I hadn't like I wasn't working 17 hour days I was I was sleeping um but I had just so much pressure over me because I I built this pressure and I I put these deadlines and these things above me and agreed to things um and my brain just yeah basically started shutting down and not doing like what it was supposed to be doing I couldn't remember stuff like I was like getting confused and like really tired and just yeah I was like you know I think again my mum who always saves the day was like I really think you you might be on your way um to having like a nervous breakdown if you're not careful like if you don't stop this level of work um and that was still after my decision to like go slower like I'd, I'd made that decision and then I'd still managed to pile the workload um back up again um but just in a different way so I think you really have to listen to like your body when you're getting stressed like I think I don't know as well I think when I was younger I was really naive about like I just hadn't had burnout I could go for well I went for like years working like flat out and I'm sure it did have some effect on me I know it did I was like I was at the worst temper all the time like I just was grumpy and tired and um unhealthy but it affects me in like a much different way now, like a much more dangerous way where like, I really don't want my brain to break. I want it to keep, when I say my brain, I should say my mind, um, to keep functioning. So the business keeps running and I, you know, still feel good. So yeah, I think learning what those points are, what, where your barrier is, and then kind of like respecting that and then building your business around that rather than trying to stretch your capabilities around a business. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that something that you said there really makes me smile, which was that your mum saved the day. And it's like, I feel like when I've come close to hitting that point, and I think I have hit burnout at least once before. And I think it was when I was working like literally like 18 hours a day, it was exhausting. And I think it's sometimes hard to recognize it within yourself in the early stages. But as we get older, and as we get more experience within our businesses, I think you start to recognize the signs a little bit better. Um, one thing that I would say is something that you touched on as well is like you actually set your deadlines in your business. So the pressure that we put on ourselves is going to be so much more intense usually than anything anyone else would put on ourselves. So if you do feel like you're hitting that point where you're hitting burnout, or you're getting the warning signs or whatever it is, you're well within your rights to kind of move your deadlines or speak to your clients or your customers, whoever, because generally people understand and they want you to still be able to carry on. Yeah, definitely. No, I totally agree. So when it comes to running kind of multiple businesses alongside each other, were there any particular either hardships or successes that you experienced that you weren't kind of expecting along the way? Um. I mean, there definitely were successes. Looking back, all I really kind of have really ingrained in my brain from that time is that it was really fucking difficult. Um, (laughs) I cried a lot. Um, I was definitely very stressed. Um, 
there was just so much to do and I didn't have staff or anything then like my I'm launching my third business now I have an assistant um and some of what we do within the coven is outsourced um I have like a bookkeeper like there's all different people who help me run this um I only have like one actual employee who's my assistant but I have that help um she really helps keep the coven afloat um and she's the one that makes it able for me to feel like it's uh, that I can start a third business in a way that feels much calmer. I still expect there to be some pressure and some stress from trying to balance the two um, and switching from one to the other all the time, but it will definitely be totally different having someone else there who knows how your business is run um, and take some of that weight. Um, yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> I I know that there were successes. I mean, it 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 worked, but I didn't definitely didn't do it in the healthiest way. Like I I did it through working into the night um and yeah uh just I would you know might finish my flowers at 11 p.m um ready to get up at like four to set the wedding up the next day and then I'd move on to my coven stuff and I'd be like okay it's time to start my coven stuff um and then I'd just like eat a chocolate bar or something or a pasty from the co-op and then be like right okay let's go dinner done um which isn't sustainable like long term which is why but I already knew by like that point that I didn't really want to continue with the flowers and that I was probably going to close the business if the coven worked. Like I'd already stopped taking on work for the following year um, because I kind of knew that I, did, I didn't know what I wanted to do 100%. So I was like, I'm just not going to take the work on. I was turning quite a lot of money away. Um, yeah, so I knew it was like a short period of time. I was like, I'm, I'm not, I'd never had a plan to run two businesses and make them both work and keep them both um because I like my sanity (laughs) that's fair like (laughs) I think that we can appreciate that so when it comes to something I'm really curious about from your point of view is um kind of motivation versus dedication when it came to actually building those businesses like was it just that you've you didn't give yourself the option of not doing it was it that you ever like how did you keep that level going for as long as you needed to um I think partly it was down to the fact you don't like you don't really have a choice I was like I can't keep working all of these jobs I really really want to push and be able to work just one job um and pay my bills from that one job and then when I worked that one job paying my bills and stuff in the beginning when I was just onto one job was still iffy like um especially well like you're a service-based business but obviously work with flowers which are like products and they can cost loads and they fluctuate all the time and different things can go wrong and happen um and that makes a real hit on your profit so there could be you know I could have done I did definitely did do like a five grand wedding and because of things that went wrong um we didn't make any profit from it and there's nothing more like soul destroying than putting in like 60 hours of work in a couple of days and then not getting anything from it so it was a kind of necessity. Like I had to keep pushing. I had to be taking more clients on. I had to be trying to get smarter with my flower orders and spend more hours going over them. I had to like um, balance when I was having like freelance florists come in to help me and when I wasn't to allow me to actually make some money. Like it was, um, it w- was like a financial necessity to keep pushing. Um And then to start my second business was just when I realized that like I couldn't really sustain this and I didn't, like I'd never particularly liked making flowers. Um, I never particularly liked the floristry element of floristry. I was just very good at it. Um, I could see it. I could do it. I could make things really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I could make things that people liked. 
I liked the business side of things. Um, we opened, I, I opened a flower school as well as part of our flower studio and really loved the business course and stuff that we taught. Um, so yeah, that starting that second business was again, the option. Um, and more to your earlier point was like the fact that I was, Oh God, sorry, the dog just fell. Um, <laughs> was more that um I couldn't like I couldn't go anywhere like I didn't have the freedom that I wanted because I was just doing 50 or 60 weddings a year um it was continuous like relentless and I was like I don't have any time off I don't have weekends off let alone looking at going back to like Thailand or going somewhere else um so I need to to think of something else that would work and allow me to travel more um and take more time off and work differently um, and so once I decided that I thought that was a good idea, I just, again, went for it. And I was like, well, I've started now. Um, I'm going to make this happen and see if it works. And then that's my way out of my floristry business. Okay. That's really interesting. So for me, I've realized similar journey to you where I've realized that there are aspects of the business that I've built that felt no longer like it was what I needed or what I wanted for my future. So I have pivoted my business rather than changing like completely so instead what you've almost done is like layered over them and then closed one down when the second one has become more successful and then now it's like that their business is kind of the next step towards the life and freedom that you're wanting which is awesome so I would love to know how the coven like did the coven change dramatically in that first nine months where you were working before it really kind of took off or is it more that it's changed since or is it exactly how you kind of uh, visualized it coming to coming to be I mean it, yeah it is kind of as I visualized it so that nine months was building an audience um marketing um building the platform doing all my market research making enough money on my florist to fund all the things that I needed to 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 pay for and to start my second like to start the coven yeah um and doing all of that um there was it didn't make any money in those nine months because I didn't allow anyone to pay me any money in that number right, okay. that was my build-up I was very I wanted to create lots of excitement around it I wanted it to be 100% ready and perfect and the, had to figure all the platform out how everything was going to work business model whatever um but then like after say figuring that out on over four or five months like then it was like right now we go into really hard marketing time I'm not opening the doors to this until I have an audience they're ready to buy it yeah. um because that's just how I decided to do it basically um I felt it'd be easier um yeah so then we did all of that and then I opened doors and then we made um I, th- I think but don't quote me it was around 16 17,000 on our first day awesome. um when we opened well so let's say third day because we let in a few founding members mm-hmm. and then a day or two days later, first of June, and then let everybody else in. So, um, yeah, it, it was, which had paid back all the money I'd spent. I'd invested like into it to, um, yeah, basically that I'd, I'd spent building it and more. Um, and then some of that was like from annual people paying like a one-off for like three years and stuff like that. We weren't on like 16 grand months um straight away um and then yeah I was like okay well we've got enough members um and enough people still waiting to get in that didn't for me to say goodbye to the flower studio and officially close it 
yeah. um, just literally was like, okay, um, I'll do that. I still had some weddings to do, um, but I did them once the business was closed. I spoke to all my clients first, told them, this is what I'm doing. Your wedding is safe. It's still going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not taking any more bookings and everything will close, like no more social media, et cetera, et cetera. And they were all fine with that. They all seemed happy with that. And yeah, so I just told everyone, like, I'm going to do this full time now. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, when you look back, because you built the coven in a very unique way because you had the other business running and everything else. And I think that it's a wonderful way to build it to make sure you have that audience beforehand. Looking back, is there anything that you would have done differently or are you quite happy with the way that that kind of went, that launched? Are you taking lessons from that to build your next business? I don't think I'd change anything. Like, obviously, Mm. hindsight, I'm definitely like, there's things I could have done better. I could have made my life easier. Maybe I could have, like, got more attention around it. But I didn't really, like, I don't look back and think that I needed to. Like, it worked. I was really happy um with how the business was received and how the business performed financially I still am Mm -hmm. um yeah it was good I was really happy with it um I'm I am looking at what worked for my third business but my third business is more in um fashion and product Mm -hmm. um so it's a totally different ball game Again, again I'm looking at a brand new business model that doesn't match either of my previous two businesses um it it's a totally different strategy and approach um I'll do the same thing again I want an audience before it launches um Mm -hmm. I want to have done some marketing that would definitely do again and again for every business um because there's no exciting launch if there's no one there to witness the launch um so that I would replicate but everything else to be honest is quite different because obviously I'm taking what I've learned in all areas of business obviously now I spend quite a lot of my time helping others with their businesses so everything that I've learned from my clients and from running my own businesses I'm definitely taking into my third but it is again something totally different and I'm wading into something in it well, wading into the unknown again <laughs> I love that. do you think that your love of business that you've kind of discovered I'm um, partly through the floristry and then again as it develops and develops is that do you think one of the driving factors between having so many different like each business having a different format? Is it because you love Um, that business sense? No, I don't actually think it is. Um, I think that, although I like, I do love business, um, but I love business, but I love the idea of many other things. You know, I could probably list you 20 other careers I think I'd really, really love. Um, And I'm always tempted to go off and do. Like I just maybe have an inquisitive nature. I just am not afraid to try something that I've not done before. Um, and I guess I just don't follow that linear path. I don't believe that, that the things that I choose to do next have to follow on from the previous thing. Mm. Like, I don't think, you know, because I did floristry, I need to do, I needed to do something flowers or plants next, or like, you know, I I went straight into an online business, um, Mm. in a totally different area. And, And the same with this going into like fashion and product based things, um, I don't, you know, I'm just interested in it. I was like, I've watched other people launch them and I just thought, well, I reckon I could do that. Um, and I'd like to try it. Um, and I think that's what it is. Like I don't, I very much have an open, yes, I have business plan, like goals for my business and um, going forward, but I'm not stuck to those goals. And I really think that some of these careers and ideas of jobs and businesses and things that I have in my head, I will probably put into action um, just because I fancy doing it. 
um, you know, I definitely want to train as a therapist or a forensic psychologist. Um, I'd quite like to be a paramedic at some point. Um, there's like all these different things that I'd like to do that don't relate to each other. They just interest me. Um, I, love that. I find that so fascinating because I feel like there's such a society I don't know whether it's societal whether it, or whatever it is but it's like you feel like once you find the, your career path it can feel very constricting to change anything and I think that it's really refreshing to hear that it's just like I want to be all of the things so I'm gonna I'm gonna be all of the things at some point like I'm open to that happening I just yeah I think that that's just it's really really refreshing to hear that it's okay to switch it up definitely and I know that like you know, don't get me wrong. Like I have the same thing where it's figuring it's forking a financial path. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd go off and be a paramedic now if I could, but, um, just cause I like really enjoy it. And I'd probably be like, someone's like, do you want to come and train and learn how to do this? I'd be like, yeah, like, fuck it, let's go. But you know, I can't, the pay cut I'd have to take to be a paramedic wouldn't pay my mortgage yeah. and pay my bills. Um, it wouldn't be enough for me to live off of. So it's not something I can dive in and just do like that's something it's almost like putting a puzzle together um it's figuring out where that might fit in so it's like okay that might be something that I do in like 20 years time when I've got some savings behind me or if I ever sell one of my businesses then the money from that might aid me to have three to four years three to five years or something of of doing this career that's a lower wage because I've got some money behind me that I can add to my wage um, it's kind of figuring things out that way. You you can't often just take the leap. Um, so like this year, I'm going to um, basically top up some of my education. So on the side, part-time, I'll be adding to my education for those other things that I want to potentially do in the future, just so that like just slowly, slowly, a couple of extra A-levels here, um, you know, an extra certificate in this here. Um, so that if at any point I'm like, right, yeah, I'm going to go and do a degree now, um, probably again, part-time on the side, um those bits are there lined up so I almost like keep (laughs) keep options open um but it's figuring out a a plan financially I would never close a business or um end a career option if I didn't have a financial plan or option there um because you know you've got to eat you got to pay the bills so yeah it's it's like it's more like you can do anything that you want to do but you just got to be creative with how you figure out how like that puzzle is going to fit together for you, like how you make it from plumber to entrepreneur or like to doctor or whatever, like it's just figuring out what that might look like. And then whether or not you want to take that journey to get there, because, you know, do you want to work a crappy part-time job while you train to do the thing that needs qualifications? Like, and then you figure it out and if you think, no, not really, um, then you just pick something else. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's brilliant. I think that that's a very, if it sounds like a very straightforward way or a very factual way where it's just kind of if you have these things lined up then it makes it easier for that path to be available for you if that's something that you want to pursue in the future uh, yeah and I think just like the reason we we feel constricted in one career or one industry or one business that we've started like you know we're kind of taught we shouldn't really quit things that yeah. quitting is kind of bad and then maybe a bit lazy like that's kind of what society says quitting is fun if you don't like something quit it like I mean it's not like the most fun I've ever had but the relief that I felt when I did quit my floristry business and moved on to something else was like pure euphoria like I was like this is feels so good to be free of that that I didn't want to do anymore and it was kind of only really me and my ego that kept me there 
Um, you know, when I thought about closing it, I was like, what's stopping me from doing this? And it literally was ultimately like a bit of fear of whether something else might fail. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I've done this once. I will figure out a way to do it twice. I will go and get another job sacking shelves in Tesco if I need to, um, or I'll clean again. Like I've, I've been a cleaner, like that's fine. Mm. Um, and my ego of telling people, yeah, this was working and, I, and yeah, it was good and everything, but I don't want to do it anymore. And, and the judgment that you might receive from that. But yeah. once you kind of like free yourself, like from those kind of shackles, like it's nice. And then I think once you've quit a few times, um, I mean, you obviously don't want to just go about quitting things willy nilly for no reason, but oh, yeah. <laughs> ultimately when you you want to move on to something, it, it often means quitting a current job or, or a, a, a path that you thought you'd be going down. Um, and, and like your life kind of changing a little bit. And I think that's fine. Like I, you know, if that's something you think you might want to do, that's fine. Like kind of fuck what anybody else thinks. Like, and fuck what you tell yourself as well. Like if you're judging yourself for quitting, like it's fine. Like if that's something you want to do, like I want to be many different things when I grow up and I'm going to give, you know, give it a go and see kind of like which of those I can tick off. I'm not like, I've not got like a mad list where I need to tick off all 20, but (laughs) my my options are open and I'm like, okay, yeah, I could, you know, I could be um, a 45 year old psychologist, Mm. um, you know, working for the NHS like I don't know like I have no idea like what it might look like but there's different options and I'm kind of just going to see where life ends up taking me really I love that and I love what you said about having that kind of it's almost like a stigma around quitting things and on a much smaller scale I remember the first time that I chose not to finish a bad book like finishing I always used to finish any book that I picked up to read because I felt like I should I shouldn't stop reading it part way through but it was actually really liberating to take that moment and go you know what actually I'm not going to give the control to the book I'm actually going to say for my own benefit that I'd, I'm not enjoying this I don't want to do it and it's okay to close that and move on to something else yeah but, definitely like everything in my life like I used to like I have um quite bad anxiety and OCG um and um I, you know I used to force myself to go out with people and and hang out in social situations that just did not make me comfortable um because I felt you know that it was wasn't good to spend lots of time at home on my own reading a book just like with my dog and chilling out and like not seeing anyone on weekend mm-hmm. and it's like again it's just like quitting those things that that you you don't actually want to do and I was like I don't actually want to be in this pub feeling anxious and uncomfortable I want to be at home on the sofa watching Netflix with some snacks or reading a book um, and, you know, now I don't really go out that much. Like I, I see friends occasionally, but in situations that make me feel comfortable um, and of course make them feel comfortable. Um, but it's just like, I feel like once you start doing it in some areas of your life, you can kind of do it in like loads of them. And then you can be like, oh yeah, like, why am I still doing this for that person when it's not what I want? Or why am I not walking away from this? Like, you know, and then hopefully everyone doesn't like walk away from their marriages and their jobs and their lives now. But like, yeah. if you want, you have permission to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if you boil that down into how we behave within our businesses as well, that's quite an interesting subject. And one that I'm super passionate about is that when you're marketing your business or when you're working in your business, there will always be things that you don't want to do. But if you can focus on doing it in a way that still feels good for you and something that you enjoy doing, it's going to be much more beneficial for you. Sorry, my cat's tapping me on the arm for a fuss. (laughs) Um, 
Cool. No, I find that really interesting. What I would love, love, love to talk about next, because the Coven is one of my favorite visual brands as well. So if we can talk around kind of your approach to marketing within the Coven and your visual identity, that would be awesome. So when it came to branding your business, when did you make that investment? When did you decide to make the investment either in like the strategy, whether you got outside support with that or whether it was the visuals? Um, I don't know where it was on my to-do list. Like it's pretty early on. Um, coming up with my brand helps me figure out like what, what this is. Like I often work out, you know, do a business plan, be sensible, figure out whether I think it's financially viable. Um, but then looking at things like, okay, like what is this brand? What is it? Who is it for? Usually it comes before. So what do we do? Like what, what am I offering? What am I selling? Who is it for? And then like what branding is going to appeal to those people? Like how do I create something that those people are going to love? Like it doesn't matter if I love it. Like, and that's one of the hardest things I think to kind of get your head around when you create branding for something is that it's not about whether I like it. I'm not, unless you are your target audience, which usually is not the case. People say, no, I am my target audience. It's like, you're not exactly, you very rarely are you exactly your target audience. Um, you know, it doesn't matter if I like it, it's about what they like. Um, so the name comes first always for me. And then the visual identity around that comes afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of just know in my head often what I want like sometimes it takes a long time to get there of drawing stuff out and looking at mood boards and um I don't know watching old films or flicking through coffee table books or whatever it is um or going to particular places that I find inspiring and really thinking about who those people are that the business is for thinking about the name and then just visualizing basically in my head what that would look like as a brand Mm -hmm. um I quite like stuff like that. Um, I'm one of those annoying people that is actually quite creative and quite business-minded. Like, you always get told that you're one or the other. Yeah. I'm, I'm not bad at either. I wouldn't say I'm amazing at both, but, um, like, I can't really draw. But I did do um, art and stuff, like, um, and God, no. Um, <laughs> like, I was quite creative. Like, I could paint and do all this different mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so I still use lean into those skills now like I really loved I was really into like graphic design as well like doing probably not good enough freehanding to like actually do that as a job but I loved looking at typography a lot of what I did in my art was like different types of fonts and stuff like that um so I kind of I guess draw on that from when I was younger like my love of like typography and visual stuff and then I just start putting ideas together and then I get an actual graphic designer to create them and bring that to life so I'll give them my crappy drawings and all my notes and then get them to turn that into something visual. Um, the Coven brand started with um, like an illustrated witch's hat and then it's at the Coven in the same font that we have now. And then it was like, maybe, I don't even know how far in, I think well under a year. I then upgraded it at some point and it um, become the fangs, which yeah. were our icons that we had originally, but I just decided after staring at the stickers for ages that that, that would look way better as the actual main logo. Um, yeah, and then just, yeah, basically, I guess come up with it in my head. I don't have like some 
I normally don't have like this master plan in my head of where I'm like, yes, this is exactly how I did it. I just kind of think of stuff. Um, I'm going through that process now with my um, third business. It's taking a long time. Like I've been working on it for like four months maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like one of the most important things. Like your brand is what sells what you do. You can have an amazing product, but if your branding and your marketing are crap, then no one's going to buy the product. Um, and getting it like just right. Like I've scrapped so many things, don't like so many things. I've been like, no, or I've then thought of ideas and thought, yep, yeah, this is it. This is what's going to be sat on it, which is really important to have to, to see whether you still like the idea. And it's still a good idea because we'd say it's something that was once an amazing idea reality and time kind of come in and you're like actually that wasn't such a great idea um yeah it just takes me a while but yeah yeah I think that that's absolutely fair I think you absolutely need to sit there on it for a little while just to make sure that it's working for you and for your audience. Yeah, everything that you said there about brand positioning, I think is absolutely key. And one of the things that I've always worked with my clients on is the fact that, you know, your brand positioning is really what can sell your business. Your business can be a great model. It can be a fantastic product. It can be the perfect service. You can nail your messaging, but the way that you position yourself in the market and the way that you make sure you appeal to the right people it really does have a huge impact, I believe, on the success in your business or the ease of the success in your business. I think it takes a lot, it's more work for you if you're trying to convince people instead of letting your brand do the work for you. And with the coven, like I love the name of the coven, but how did the name come about for you? Was that something that was easy for you? Because I know that naming things for me is either really easy or really hard. Um, I guess like normal, like it felt like a normal, like the same as it has for other things. Like I basically just write a list like of things, like I'll just write potential names down. I have a notepad. I write all of them down. If I think they're really good or I think they're really crap, everything goes down. Um, and again, sitting on stuff. So I find it really useful to give yourself time and to come back around things and be like, no, like three days later being like, no, that's crap. That's crap. That's crap. And then kind of like highlighting any that you think are semi-okay. And then going, just always building off that list, building again and being like, okay, what can I do next? I'll ask like friends and family to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, often they're not in the same headspace as you. So they don't understand the brand and stuff like that, but you give them a little brief synopsis and have them think of some stuff because I find it can just spark ideas in me and I'm like oh, okay I kind of like what they've done there putting two words together and then you might have a go at doing a whole page of words that you put together and stuff like that mm-hmm. um I can't really remember exactly the thing that got me to think the coven um I just know that when I thought of it I was like this isn't fucking perfect like this makes so much sense because of all the reasons like like I probably watched something quite witchy at the time um might have I've watched like season three of American Horror Story, like the coven. Yeah. So many times. So it could have been like that that was still reminiscent in my brain. Like, I don't know, I could have watched something that had a witch in it. Um I can't, like it feels like forever ago. Um so I'm being honest when I say like I can't remember the exact thing that I was like, yes, okay, let's try that. But I know that as soon as I thought of it, I was like, that's actually perfect. Like that works so well. Um and fits just with everything that I want to do. Like it it sums it all up. I think when you find the right one, you're like, yes. Um, but it's frustrating getting to that point. <laughs> yeah. You have to do 
boards of notice. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And one of the key things that you said there as well is making sure that you acknowledge the bad ideas as well, because I think that it's important like when I'm designing or when we're coming up with names, like you said, you need to write down all the good and all the bad because it helps clear that space, I think, from a creative point of view. Um, And although you may consider it bad on its own, when you pair it with something else later on, it may actually come around to being one of the stronger ideas. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, never disregard an idea, always acknowledge them and then see how they come back around in the future. Um, That's Brilliant. And I love the fact that you have so many different approaches to how you set up your businesses. So when it comes to marketing your businesses, did you treat all of them differently? Is there a particular kind of a particular method that you use for marketing your businesses that you found has worked well for you? Um, No, I mean, trial and error. I think marketing is trial and error. You try things out, you see what works. You might have like predisposition towards certain things. So you might be like, right, I know my audience really well. Um, This is where they hang out. They, you know, like one mistake I often see is that people will run straight to like whatever the cool platform is at the time. social platform um and they will start their business on there because they think that's where the cool businesses are and they're like this is the cool place to be but your audience aren't necessarily on there your audience aren't necessarily the cool people like that's what i think we sometimes forget um sometimes you can actually be better being on something like facebook which feels way older um and feels like has different audience but actually would make your life so much easier when you and your marketing so much more effective um so you you'll lean towards certain things but ultimately just try trial and error figuring out what would work, um, looking at studying other people's marketing strategies, like what have they done that have worked? What have they done that doesn't appear to have worked? You don't always know, but really observing. And I observe all kinds of businesses, you know, like it's not just businesses in the industry I'm in. It's any kind of business. What are they, how are they marketing themselves? Just because I think you have to keep your mind quite open, like keep the options quite broad and, and, not get sick into a pattern, not go, this is how we market ourselves. It's not really working how I thought it would, but I'm going to keep going anyway. Like figure out why it's not working. Like what can you tweak and change and twist around to make it work? Yeah, I think that that's great. I think that absolutely marketing is trial and error. And I think that, again, I think it goes back around to what you were saying earlier about having that permission to quit things that aren't working. But definitely look at them first to identify why they're not so you can learn from it rather than just either a giving up or b just carrying on because neither of those are going to be beneficial um and something that I really love that I think kind of encapsulates everything when I or the way that I feel when it comes to business is it's not about you it's about your audience when you're marketing but your business needs to work for you and the goals that you want to have in the future so it's making sure that you want on both sides that you're doing what you can to speak to the audience in the right way, but making sure you're doing it in a way that's sustainable for you to hit the goals that you want. Yeah, so it's, it's but I think a lot of that comes in the first place. So like, what do I want from this business? What is this business trying to enable me to do? Is that possible? Is that financially possible? Is that sustainable? Like, is it, you know, obviously if you just want to work two days a week, your business might not allow you to do that. So it's really thinking like, okay, what type of business have I started? Does this allow the things that I want? Um, and your business goals should drive all the things you're, you're working on when you're working on the business. So like your business goals, where your business is headed, what decisions you're making should all encapsulate 
and lead towards the things that you want to happen. So I want to be able to travel more. I want to make this amount of money per month. But then when you're it's just when you're looking at marketing and you're creating new products and new services, that's when you flip it and it's all about the customer and you look through the eyes of the customer. You don't trust what you say. You go out and conduct market research and you let them tell you the answers um, and you don't go, okay, well, I've heard what you said, but I'm going to go with what I think. Like they are always right in that situation. If they are telling you they don't really like the product or they're not telling you they don't, but they're not telling you anything, then something isn't right. Like you're either not marketing it in the right way or you're putting the wrong message out or whatever. So yeah, your business goals and stuff should align with what you want, but your marketing should be all about them. Yeah, I don't think that there's anything else really that I can add to that. I think that that was a brilliant summary for it. So let's wrap up the episode because you've had such a varied and continuingly to be varied kind of business world. So if there's one key piece of advice that you'd like to share with the listeners from your business journeys, what would that be? It's quite a broad question, but I find that each time there's just whether it's something that has helped you along your way, whether it's just a mindset or whether it's a different approach that you have. I guess like for me, the thing that leads me is like keeping my options open and um, just never like, never having too much tunnel vision, like just really like just seeing what happens. So setting business goals, but being open to the fact that Something might change that. The wind might blow and we might go off course and that's okay. Um, but in, I guess the problem is there's just so many different pieces of advice. Like there's so many different, and even in the things we just talked about, like there's so many different things I could say, don't do this, do that. I've always done this. I've always done that. But I guess ultimately that's the thing that leads me is that I just kind of let the wind take me where I want to go. And if that changes my goals and changes the path that I'm on, then I'm okay with that. And I'll just re reset them, re rejig things and see what happens. Yeah, having a flexible approach to business, I think, is important, particularly, I mean, 2020 is something that has kind of shown that you need to have that ability to adapt and change as you need to. Brilliant. Thank you so, so much for sharing everything, all of your brand story and all of your your business journey with us today. So where can the listeners find more about you, Sapphire? Um, so I've got a personal Instagram that I kind of sometimes post on, but often don't, which is Sapphire J Bates. Um, I'm trying to get better at it, but um, I just, I just, I'm not very good at social media. I don't really like social media. Truth be told, in an honest world, I'd have no social media at all. Um, my daydreams of being a therapist in the future, I wouldn't be, you wouldn't find me on social media. Um, it would be brilliant. Um, but at the moment, yeah, sporadically on Sapphire J Bates or sometimes on the Come Girl Gang. Brilliant. Thank you. So all of the links will be left in the show notes below so people can come and find you and kind of learn more from you and and all about the coven and your next business venture when that launches, which is really exciting. Um, So thank you once again for joining me today and sharing your insights with us. It's just been, I found it so refreshing to hear such a different take on the way that you can grow and develop businesses. I've really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. So have I. (laughs) and listeners if you want to find out more about sapphire and the cabin i'll leave all of the links in the show notes and next week we are being joined by monique basil wright and we'll be discussing how to organize your way to success until then i'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode so head over to the brand lounge on instagram or facebook where we can continue the conversation hit that subscribe button to be notified for every episode. And if you enjoyed the show, please do leave a review. And until then, I will see you in the Brand Lounge.